listening to the Red Sea Podcast, part of the Over the Monster Network. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Hosted by Jake Devereaux. It's gone. It's into the bullpen. This game is tied. This game is tied. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. And featuring Keaton DeRocher. It's a grand slam. I'm telling you. Welcome back to episode 184 of the Red Seat Podcast. Uh, I am your host this week in our off-season rotation of hosts. I'm Keaton DeRocher. You probably uh, have heard me on previous episodes because I'm on a lot. Uh, joining me in place of Jake is Matt. Matt, how you doing, man? I was doing all right until I was announced as in place of Jake. That's one of the <laughs> meanest things anybody's ever said to me, but... I mean, is it a lie? I guess not. We're all about facts here. (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) Uh, Today we're going to talk just a whole lot about what the Red Sox roster could look like going into uh, 2021 and maybe a little bit beyond. Then we've got a couple listener questions to get to. Um, Nothing has really happened uh, in the past couple weeks with regards to the Red Sox except just uh, speculation about what the team is going to do in this offseason when we get there um so there's not a lot to get you caught up on but we do have some topics that we're going to hit first uh the red sox have a whole bunch of players that need to protect um for the rule five draft uh and just kind of shape their 40-man roster um just in general kind of putting that together um they have some time before they need to do that but we will just kind of take a quick look here um Chris Cotillo uh, outlined that there's like 53 players who um, are either currently on the 40-man roster or uh, need to be elevated before the Rule 5 draft, so the Red Sox have a lot of roster maneuvering. Uh, Jake and I like briefly answered this as a listener question. Uh, Matt, you said that you and Shelly also talked about this, but I just want to kind of bring it up again. What are your overall expectations of the Red Sox uh, and how they're going to handle their 40-man roster this offseason? I mean, I think we're going to see a lot of those players that we got so annoyed every time they came into a game last year. I don't think they're going to be around uh, anymore in 2021. Um, I mean, I think we're going to see... I think we're going to see a lot of cuts and a lot of guys getting non-tendered. And, I mean... You mentioned the 53 players on the roster. That's obviously no small thing. I'm assuming that includes um, the six Rule 5 guys. Um, Connor Wong, Jason Rosario, um, Rosario, uh, Connor Siebel, Jay Groom, Brian Mata, Hudson Potts are all locks to be added to the 40-man. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of things that need to be done with those 53 players, but also there's a lot of guys that... You can either not tender a contract or DFA or do whatever you need to do to get them off the roster um, and not feel too bad about it. So, I mean, there's... I think it's interesting, but I also don't know that it's such a huge deal. I mean, there's a, there's just a lot of bad players on this roster. Yeah, there sure are. And I'm not going to miss them when they're gone. Especially all those bullpen arms. I might miss Should be stock. He seems like a pretty funny guy based on Twitter. Yeah, off the field, 
he and his wife were both enjoyable. Yes. So he might stick around too. He might be. He's got an option at least. Who knows? Yeah. I guess the the big elephant in the room here is what do you think is going to happen with Dustin Pedroia? Yeah. So I've been thinking about this for the last I don't know week or so. I kind of hadn't really considered that this was something that was going to have to happen. I don't know why it never crossed my mind, but um, I don't know, I'm probably going to write about it later this week. I still don't really know how I feel. I, f- I really would love for him to give it another shot if that's what he wants to do, but at the same time, I mean, at a certain point, you just got to give up. So, um, I mean, I definitely... I I, th- I feel like it has to be his call if he wants to give it another go. I mean, the way the Red Sox have handled their roster and the way that they've kind of clearly put winning on the back burner for a little bit, they can afford to keep him on the 40-man all winter if they really have to, if that's what he wants. Um, the Just the only thing that can't happen is for them to cut him loose and cut him off the 40-man when that wasn't what he wanted or wasn't what he Agreed to that would that would be a disaster. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I I've been kind of struggling with this too, and I feel like if this team was competing, he might try and come back. Or yeah, I guess try and come back to, for a, like a little last run here. I don't think the team is going to compete in twenty twenty one, so I'm not sure if there's a whole lot of motivation for it. Um, so I I'm guessing that he'll retire. Um, but it wouldn't shock me if he does just try and get on the field one last time. So he kind of ends it walking off on his own terms. But that also has a pretty big impact on what their payroll looks like. So I wonder if the Red Sox might try and keep him from doing that or maybe kind of talk him into a retirement. Either way, it doesn't seem like it's going to end great, which is a real bummer. Yeah, I mean, it's been a real bummer for a few years, so I guess I'm kind of used to that aspect of the Dustin Pedroia experience, which, I mean, it really sucks because it, it feels like forever ago last time he was good. But, yeah, I mean, if they... Again, the, the last thing that can happen is for some sort of disagreement in, like, kicking him out the door. I mean, if all after everything this team has done for the last, like, 12 months or so, if that's the next thing on the list, I mean, this that's uh, that's irredeemable. <laughs> yeah. It, it has to be his call. I mean, I know it makes things more difficult, but it sucks. <laughs> I mean, suck it up. This is your job. And it's he traded away one franchise icon. You can't have this action, like, a <laughs> franchise icon... More so than Betts. Obviously, he's not the player that Betts was. I mean, he's been here for so long, won a couple of championships. I mean, he's you can't just kick him out. He's got to go the way he wants to go. Yeah, completely agree. The Red Sox also have a ton of utility guys that essentially do the same thing. Um, which ones are you expecting them to keep and which ones to cut? It feels like the sense of surprise is not coming back. Do you agree yeah, with that? No chance Jose Perez was coming back. <laughs> uh, they would have they would have had him back up at some point if they wanted to keep him around. Um, he was the only reason they didn't cut him during the season was in case there was an injury or something. And I think that they, um, it, it seems pretty clear to me. I mean, this is total speculation, but I don't think they like C.J. Chatham very much. Um, 
So I'm expecting CJ Chatham to be taken off the roster, whether that's via trade or however they do it. Um, and Zue Lin, I think, is gone. Um, and then I think everybody else probably stays in the roster, which is like Christian Arroyo, Jonathan Aruz, Yairo Munoz. Um, I think that's everyone. I believe Arroyo and Aruz could both, they still have control and options left, don't they? Arroyo does not have any options. Um, so he is, yeah, he is not, I don't even think he's arbitration eligible yet. So he'll still be making the minimum. I believe that's true for Munoz as well. And Munoz, I think, does have an option. Uh, but Arroyo does not. But I think they, I, I think there's a decent chance that Arroyo is the starting second baseman at, on opening day next year, which I hate a lot, but I think it's a pretty <laughs> decent chance. I do too. Brutal. Alrighty. Well, I agree with those. I think that Peraza is definitely not coming back, and Lynn is going to be the other guy that goes as well. Um, I hope Lynn latches on somewhere. I've always liked Zoe Lynn. I don't know that he's very good, but I don't. I hope somebody gives him a chance, whether it's a minor league signing. Maybe, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Red Sox like brought him back on a minor league deal. Because I, I mean, I don't think there's going to be a huge market out there for Zoe Lynn. Probably not. It's always fun when he plays, though. I do agree with you. Enjoy it. Um, last one before we go on to that. Not a uh, 40-man, well, I guess potentially 40-man roster, but do you think JBJ comes back, or do you think his time in Boston's over? I think this is the hardest question, and I've kind of gone back and forth a million times. Um, right now I'm leaning no, but I think it's pretty close to 50-50. I just... I don't think the Red Sox want to sign anybody for that position long term, so I don't think they'll be looking at like a George Springer or anything either. Um, and Bradley just seems to me to be the kind of player that has just gotten destroyed in free agency in recent years. And when you throw in the pandemic on top of it, I could see his market cratering to the point where he just takes a one-year pillow deal and the Red Sox, that would seem to be ideal. Um, so, like I said, I think other teams would obviously be willing to do that too, which leans makes me lean towards him not coming back, but the path is at least there, I think. it's It could go either way. Yeah, I think I'm leaning more towards him not coming back, and I think it's not 50-50. I just think somebody is going to pay him more money than the Red Sox want to. I think, like you said, I don't think they're going to be looking long-term there. I think someone will probably offer him, like, a four and forty, and that'll kind of price him out of the dollar and year range that the Red Sox would be looking for. I think so the dollar. Some rounds. I think that dollar range would probably be about right ten ten a year. But yeah, I don't think they would sign him for to a four year deal. I hope he gets. I mean, I hope he gets a ton of money. I love Jackie Bradley Jr. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't know. It just he's these non elite free agents. I just have no idea what their market is going to be like this year. Yeah. And there's really not that many elite free agents to begin with. Nope, there are not. It is not going to be an exciting offseason. Um, moving on to some uh, folks that are definitely on the roster, hopefully for a long time. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we did a roundtable on players that we think the Red Sox should focus on extending. I was in the hospital, so I didn't get to participate. So I'm going to do it now. Um, taking a look at the roster here, I mean, Devers is like the no-brainer 
person that the Red Sox need to be looking into extending. I'm fully bought in on Verdugo and ready to give him an extension too and make sure that Devers, Bogarts, and Verdugo is the core going forward. I also wouldn't hate extending Erod. I think um, given the state of this pitching, they don't really have anybody in the pipeline to take over. And, um, you know, with the exception of contracting COVID and not pitching in 2020, he'd continue to get better year over year. So I would feel comfortable with him in the rotation really at any spot as a solid left-hander. Um, maybe not like a massive extension. Um, I don't know exactly what the market for him would look like, but somebody that I would not mind having continually in the rotation for the next few years. What are your thoughts on those three? Yeah, so Devers and Verdugo, I agree, are no-brainers that you at least broach the subject. Obviously, this is a two-way street. You can't just be like, I extend you, and then that's what happens. So I don't know. I don't know that the, that would actually <laughs> be dumb. Don't, that's but not how it works. Yeah, it's not Michael Scott just yelling bankruptcy. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I think those two are very obvious. Um, I don't know if you did this on purpose. You had Devers 1, Verdugo 2. I don't know if that was in some sort of order, but I would agree that I would prioritize Devers yeah. a little bit over Verdugo. Um, but I don't think there's a huge difference there. Um, I would put, I would actually put Bogarts on the top of the list. Um, Bogarts has so, that opt out after 2022, um, and I would fully expect him to use that. So I would just try to get rid of that opt out and okay, get him so long term. I saw that both of you and Jake had that, and that was what I wanted to ask about because he's one year into a six year. Um, contract extension that he signed a year ago uh with a vesting option for a possible seventh so i was curious what extending him would be yeah. essentially you're just looking at buying out that opt-out well i don't want i don't, yeah i don't want that opt-out to even become like something to look at um because i mean he's been one of the best players in baseball i mean it's kind of weird that he's a little bit underrated but he's, yeah. I mean, he's totally in a position to opt out, and I just, I think he's the most important player on this team. I think he's very clearly the best player on this team, um, and he's a little bit older than Devers and Verdugo, obviously, but he's still only 28. Um, he plays up the middle. I I know he's not a great defensive shortstop, but he strikes me as a guy that's not going to get a whole lot worse very quickly. He's very sound. I think he's going to be able to do what he does now for a while. Um, and just leadership-wise, clubhouse-wise, I think you need to have him as kind of the pillar of your franchise for his entire career. Okay. Yeah, I'm on board with that then. I was I was curious if you were you guys were looking for him to just get paid more or if it was around that opt-out. But well, I agree, I whatever you need to do to keep him more. here, do it. Yeah. I mean, I would love for everyone to get paid more, but <laughs> I, I know that's not how <laughs> yeah. things work. Uh, as far as Rodriguez goes, I would definitely disagree, and I okay. hate it, and I feel somewhat icky about it. Because the health? Yeah, I'm not sure he's a starter anymore, to be honest with you. He's got, like, that heart condition is, I think this is the most underrated sort of 2021 storyline is that we have no idea what Eduardo Rodriguez is anymore. I don't know that he's going to have the stamina to throw five, six innings every time out. I would not be surprised if at this time next year we're looking at him as a reliever. Um, And I love Rodriguez, and I 
it's so unfair that this happened, but I don't, I just, I wouldn't, I can't give a long-term contract with that much uncertainty. I don't even know if he can pitch anymore. That's actually a good point that I didn't think about. I was, uh, you know, assuming that he'd be back to 100, but that's a huge if that we won't know until we see it. Yeah, I mean, we have no idea. I mean, it, this, it, people don't need to hear this from a baseball podcast. I think they already know, but we don't know the long-term effects <laughs> of this virus. Um, and nope. Rodriguez, obviously, has already had one of the sort of after effects with his heart condition. And, I mean, we know that COVID affects people's stamina and with him it just might be longer and yeah i mean if i knew that rodriguez was going to be back to the kind of guy he was in 2018 or even just like able to fill that role then i would love to talk extension i just i just don't know that that's the case so is there any other players besides devers verdugo bogarts that you would want them to explore um i don't think so the only other one would be christian vasquez but that's not really you could put that on the back burner you they have him through 2022 so you don't really have to worry about that right now um and it's generally generally not great business to be giving out those extensions like four years before it's kind of like the sell perez which i don't actually hate for the royals but um I would I would like Vasquez to be here for a long time, but I don't think you have to worry about a new contract this offseason. Do you think that they would pull a uh, Seattle and give Jeter Downs like an Evan White like extension without him playing a game in the majors? Uh, I don't know. I could see them doing that with somebody. Like I could see that. I don't know that Jeter Downs is the guy that I would see it with. I could even see it with, like, Jaron Duran, which sounds weird because he's not as good of a prospect, but they love Jaron Duran. Um, but I think it would, if that were to happen, I think it would probably be, like, next year maybe with, like, a Tristan Casas. That I could see. That's true. Moving on to uh, what will be our roundtable for uh, this week. Uh, looking at five players that the Red Sox might either sign or trade for or just kind of acquire for this uh, 2021 season. Uh, we each picked five. I should uh, mention, uh, just before we go, I'll do a little promotional work. Uh, this is also sure. going to be something on the site for readers. Um, I think we're going to put up the official post on Wednesday for people to uh, – get involved with uh jake caustic one of our writers does this every year and it's the same thing we're doing you just pick five people that the red sox could acquire via free agency or trade and uh we have been doing this for like 10 years now so your name if you win goes on a list with all the other winners it's not like a cash prize or anything but uh it also doesn't cost anything to enter so just be on the lookout for that in a few few days great all right uh let's just go back and forth um first one that I thought of was Ken Giles, uh, who had been rumored to have some uh, traction with the Red Sox before. But the Red Sox bullpen, um, really all of their pitching just needs a shit ton of help, uh, particularly at the back end. And there's a couple old potential closers that are going to be on the market. Kirby Yates is another one that I thought of, but I thought he probably would be too expensive just from how, I mean, he's like a year removed should, from uh, being the best reliever in the game. I think he should go with Kirby Yates. Yeah, uh, Ken Ken Giles isn't pitching next year. 
Well, then, yeah, I'll probably go with Kirby. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Ken Giles had to undergo Tommy John. Like at the Oh, that's right. Year. He did. Yeah. Because I was a big Ken Giles guy. Um, you were? I would have I would have been all over Ken Giles. But, yeah, he's, he's not coming back until um, – 2022 he is a guy that i would look at sometimes you see teams do the sign like a cheap two-year deal and let him rehab in-house for a whole season and then have him for that next season coming back healthy i wouldn't hate that but he's not gonna help next year well then yeah i'll change it to kirby yates who's a lot older um i think he'll be 35 going into next year uh but he is like i was saying a year removed from being like the best reliever in the game so uh Definitely somebody that the Red Sox could look at if it's at the right price. I'm not exactly sure what a 35-year-old reliever is going to go for in this weird market. Uh, but somebody that the Red Sox could be in on. Yeah, I like I like Kirby Yates a lot. Um, I don't know. I don't even remember when this was anymore. Time doesn't exist anymore. But Jake <laughs> and I did like our sort of projected like prediction roster for 2021. And uh, I had Kirby Yates on my roster. I think, I think the Red Sox definitely need to add like a big name reliever, um, somebody that can just be their top reliever. As much as I like Matt Barnes, he just can't be that guy. Um, and so, I like Yates, but I think the strategy should be and probably will be to just wait until like mid to late January. And see who just fell through the cracks out of because I mean there's a bunch of like good relievers um there's Yates there's Rosenthal there's uh Hendricks there's Soria um other guys that I'm not thinking of right now but there's a bunch of good names so I would just wait for whoever falls through the cracks whichever the best one makes it to like mid to late January and you can sign for like a one plus two one plus one or something like that um, but Yates would definitely be my preferred option if I had to pick somebody. Was he on your list? He was not on this list. I actually didn't pick any relievers, not because I don't think that they will or should sign any relievers, just um, what I was saying before. I think there's so many options and they're close enough. Um, but I started off with um, a former Ray which I think is going to be the theme, probably the most overblown theme, and I'm kind of playing into it myself, is that like anybody who like put step foot in Tampa Bay at some point in their life while High and Bloom was working there will be connected to the Red Sox. Uh, but I went with Jake Odorizzi. Um, sort of a buy lowish guy. Had a good 2019, barely pitched this year, and was pretty ineffective when he did. Uh, but I think he can be relatively cheap, and he has that sort of solid upside that could intrigue the Red Sox. And, I mean, I think that's going to be their game plan this winter is kind of look for those mid-tier guys that could take a big jump. And, obviously, there is the Bloom connection. He has some um, some familiarity with him. So, yeah, Odorizzi. I like that. That's a good one. Um I actually, I thought about that when I was looking at uh, potential targets of there's probably going to be some kind of like former race connection. And then I went and didn't pick any of any former race in my five current or former race. That's right. My next one is a former race too. So, I mean, yeah, but you did just kind of spark in my mind. Maybe so. Maybe I'll add a six to this. But Emilio Pagan 
is a guy um, who also might be hurt. I mean, he was hurt to start the season. I don't know if he still is. Should probably maybe check on that. But uh, San Diego added just a, a bunch of arms, so he might be one that they might be willing to, to part with as a former Ray. I do, I do like Emilio Pagan. Um, I don't know what his health status is, but yeah, I could, uh, I could definitely see that. No, I think he's, I think he's healthy. Yeah, he was definitely hurt to start the season. That yeah, I, I think he know. came back. Great. Yeah, he was pitching in October. Great. Uh, so then my real second one here is Robbie Ray, who is a guy that I like and I would like to see on the Red Sox, but I also think there's an opportunity for the Red Sox, uh, much in the way that they um, acquired What's-His-Face from Philly, um, Pavetta. Pavetta. Yeah, Robbie Ray What's is a guy that solid. has a lot of raw talent, but hasn't really put it together and had a really bad year. His year was like eight, uh, but was still able to get the strikeouts that he usually does, so maybe there is potential there for them to take a chance on him on a really low deal, low-risk, high-reward potential, and see if they can't unlock something in him to get the most out of him. Um, So I thought that kind of fit with the theme and how they acquired Pavetta, so he might be an option if they want to just kind of take a chance on all those guys and hope that one of them pans out. Yeah, I think Ray. I think Ray is a good possibility. Um, my issue is I don't think he's a good pitcher. <laughs> um, I really, I really don't <laughs> Could like be true. Robbie Ray. Um, <laughs> Robbie Ray seems like one of those guys that you either love or you hate, and I hate him. <laughs> um, yeah. I shouldn't say I hate him. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but I just, <laughs> I, I like, I get the strikeouts, but just he walks too many guys and he gives up too many homers and I just see him going into Yankee Stadium and giving up five home runs in two and a third innings. Um, it just... I I think you nailed it with he's that sort of profile that you can dream on and he's gonna be cheap because like you said, he was terrible this past year. Um, but I think he's going to be cheap for a reason and I think it's because he's not very good. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I I get the appeal. I get the stuff. I just can't overlook the command. I think he, I mean, I, I think his profile, I guess, could work as a reliever, but I don't think the Red Sox need another power lefty with control issues there. Yeah, Darwin's and Hernandez. <laughs> True. Yeah, I'm in the camp love Robbie Ray, and even though I probably shouldn't, but, you know, the heart wants what it wants. Uh, don't worry, my next name is uh, another one that is not very appealing. Um, that is Chris Archer. Um, <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, I will be honest. I'm not crazy about Chris Archer. I don't think he's that good, but I think he's another one of these by lowish raise connection. Um, and he's shown flashes. I was on the Chris Archer train until probably last about halfway through last year i finally gave it up um but he has an option for 11 million dollars this year the pirates are absolutely not going to pick that up um and i think he's he's a little older than i would have thought he's 32 but i think he's still young enough where he'll just take a one-year deal with somebody that he thinks can do well by him. And I don't know if the Red Sox are that, but I don't know how many offers he's going to be getting. So um, 
it's not something I would be very excited about, but it just seems like between the cost, the perceived upside, and the connection with Bloom's time in the Rays organization, um, there's enough there's enough connections there that I can see it happening. Yeah, I mean that outline all fits. That wouldn't shock me, but yeah, that's one that's one of the guys that uh, he has a similar follow similar following to Robert, or maybe he. he he might not anymore, but because uh, he actually was really good for a couple of years. Um, but he was nasty guys when he first either... came up. What's that? He was nasty when he first came up. The only problem is that was like seven yeah. years ago. Yep. Yeah. He's a guy that I, I moved off of quickly, just mainly because of his walk issues. And then, you know, Robbie Ray's are worse, so why do I like him? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the third name is someone that has been brought up uh, pretty frequently over the last month, and that's Marcelo Zuna, uh, who clearly likes to enjoy, or likes, enjoys hitting in Fenway Park uh, based off of his results this year. Uh, the Red Sox are probably going to be looking for an outfielder in some form or fashion, um, and he's going to be available. Obviously, he would be a little bit more expensive. I think he just turned 30, so he's uh, you know, kind of right at that line on where you would start dishing out a bunch of cash, but uh, the Red Sox are going to have an opening. Uh, and he's a pretty damn good player, so I could see that fitting if they're like willing to spend money this off season. He's a guy that I could see them investing in. Yeah, I think Jake had Ozuna as well. Um, I like Ozuna. I would love to root for Ozuna. I don't see the Red Sox doing it, um, and I don't know that it's so much about the money as it's a the draft picks. I'm assuming he's going to get the qualifying offer. Um, it would be strange if he yeah. didn't. And Wait, I don't think he can because he had been previously offered. Oh, I, oh, I forgot about that rule. That changes things. There's too many rules in baseball. I think, <laughs> I think we need to <laughs> dumb down the rules a little bit for me. Uh, still, that does make me change it a little bit because I was going to say I don't think they'd give up a draft pick unless it was for a pitcher, and I guess that wouldn't be an issue. Um I guess I just unless I think they would have to trade Benintendi or JD Martinez for this to work. Um, I just I know people have talked about Benintendi in center field, and I think we have a question about it later, so I won't get too much into it now. I don't think that's a good idea, and I don't know that the Red Sox think it's a good idea either. Um, and so I think if you have Benintendi, Ozuna, and Martinez on the same roster, you're starting to run into a lot of questions. Um, so I like the player. I'm just not totally sold on the fit. Makes sense. But I, I could guess... see a trade for... I could see them trading Benintendi or Martinez. Especially Martinez would open it up just yeah. for the cash part of it. Especially if they're still willing to buy out some of his money to make a deal work. Yeah, the Martinez thing is going to be interesting. Same with Benintendi, actually. I actually have a sort of Benintendi trade coming up soon. All right. Well, uh, and what could potentially be a Benintendi trade? My fourth name is oh, Rysel Iglesias. Me. Oh, wait, me. you didn't go? I haven't given my third one yet. All right. Well, never mind. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Uh, no, so I have someone much less exciting 
than Marcelo Zuna, but somebody that I really wanted them to sign last year. I really want them to sign him again this year. That is uh, Cesar Hernandez. Um, I just, I the Red Sox, I really don't want them to go into next year with the same second base situation that they have right now. I know Christian Arroyo looked legitimately solid at the end of the year. I know Yairo Munoz actually looks like a solid player. I know the logic of just you say these guys will be able to combine for the same two-ish win season that Cesar Hernandez does every single year, but it's just, it's not as easy as that sounds. Second base has been such a revolving door since Pedroia's injuries have caught up with him. Cesar Hernandez is not going to cost a lot of money. He's going to play every single day, and he's going to be average. And I just want average. That's all I want. Yeah, that is unexciting. What would you think about Jonathan Scope as a second base option? I I would not like that. I don't know what Jonathan Scope did this year. I'll be honest with you. Um, I haven't thought about Jonathan Scope in probably 18 months. Um, <laughs> but I just, he seems, I I want boring. I want steady at that position. Um, and I mean, I think Cesar Hernandez is kind of underrated too. I mean, you can throw him in like the eight spot in your lineup and he's going to get on base. He's like a league average hitter pretty much every year. Um, he plays good defense doesn't get hurt just give me just give me that scope hit 278 hit eight homers what team was jonathan scope on last year detroit uh, that's why i didn't know anything about him yeah um easy to go unnoticed yeah scope it's really the uh the contact issues that kind of made me shy away from scope which kind of is i kind of have this weird old school brain sometimes with middle infielders. I don't want a middle infielder that's like striking out a lot um, and not walking. He's I don't know. I just he's more, he just seems more volatile to me than Cesar Hernandez. Did you know that he's the brother of Charlene Scope? I did not. That's what it says on MLB.com. Fun little tidbit for you. There you go. Learn something new every day. Yeah. Yeah, second base is going to be interesting to watch. I would like them to do something flashy there, but I don't think that option is there. I mean, DJ unless LeMay they do like there. some like wild trade or something. DJ LeMay would be pretty exciting. I don't think it's going to happen, but that he's out yeah, there. Could be. Could be. That would be. That would be a shiny. That. Yeah. Alrighty. So then. Uh, for real this time. My The fourth name that I have is uh, Rysil Iglesias, who would have to be a trade. I believe he has one more year left with the Reds, but could be a potential landing spot for Benintendi uh, because they have had trouble locking down their outfield over there in Cincinnati, although they may have co- maybe kind of figured stuff out um, this season. But uh, maybe an option for Benintendi, a little change of scenery action, nice little hitter's ballpark, and then the Red Sox get a closer. He's from there, too. Oh, yeah, he is. Um, there you go. It all connects. Yeah, I think that I think that makes some sense. Um, and I do like Iglesias. I've always been a big Iglesias fan. I think 
probably every year, 2016, 2017, 2018, maybe even 2019, I wrote something saying the Red Sox should trade for Iglesias. So I would definitely like it. I think he's very good. Um, I'm not sure I would trade Benintendi for a reliever with just one more year of control. Um, although Iglesias is very good, so I would at least think about it. Um, but I think that is... I think that's absolutely the type of reliever they should be shooting for to kind of lead their bullpen. Yeah. And, and like you were saying, I, it's weird that they are a fit for Benintendi, but I think they are. They have like 45 outfielders. It's just none of them seem to be consistently yeah. good. It's just been a revolving door it's at weird. like every outfield position. Yeah. So I could see that. I actually have... Um, my next one is actually a trade with the Reds, um, and I had Benintendi in mind. I don't know how much the values line up here, um, and I don't know what the Reds think of Nick Senzel, because I feel like he's been sort of weirdly used by them in the past, and I know he's pretty bad yeah. this past year. Um, so I think maybe something with Benintendi and Sinzel as sort of the starting points, and I think the Red Sox will probably have to add more, I'm assuming. Um, but I think Sinzel is a really interesting player. I know he hasn't had success at the major league level, but he also hasn't had a ton of consistent chances. Um, he's a hit tool guy, which is absolutely something that I'm always all over. Um, and he plays... He can play center field... And he could play second base, which just happened to be the two needs on the offensive side for the Red Sox. So you get a player like that, then you can just let the market come to you at either position and put Senzel in the other spot. Um, so I would have to think more about what the trade in totality would look like. And if we're being honest, I will never actually figure that out because I have no interest <laughs> in figuring that out <laughs> but I think Senzel makes sense in a vacuum for the Red Sox and I think Benintendi could make sense in a vacuum for the Reds plus he's from Cincinnati which I think just adds a little bit of intrigue um, so I think there might be something there just like I said the Red Sox probably have to add a little bit more on top of that or maybe a lot of it more I love that one that's a great one that's one that I, I didn't even think of but would actually Really enjoy that for both sides, having that play out. That's a fun one. Yeah. Well, maybe it'll happen. Probably not, though. The last guy that I have um, is it makes sense for the Red Sox and the Yankees, but probably uh, 0% chance of happening. Uh, the Red Sox need an outfielder, and the Yankees have a whole bunch of them, and so this could be a chance for Clint Frazier to get regular playing time with the Red Sox. However, he's probably limited to just left field in Fenway Park because he does have defensive struggles, and him in right field would probably be a disaster. So that kind of adds a little bit of a wrinkle there, but who knows? Think there's any chance that something like that could happen? No. No. There's there's a better chance of me playing for the Yankees next year. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think, I mean, I think it makes sense. I would say if something like this were to happen, and I mean, they made a trade... Not that long ago. The Stephen Drew trade, that was like six years ago or so. so. I mean, it's not like they never make trades. I don't think Clint Frazier, that would be too big of a trade. Um, 
plus, I think he's going to play a lot next year. I don't know what's going on with Brett Gardner, but I think Frazier's going to play plenty. I think Mike Talkman seems to be the guy that the Yankees are probably going to get rid of, and that's like a small enough move that I could maybe see that happening with the Red Sox, but even that is probably like a 1% chance. Um, but, I mean, I like I like Clint, Fra- Clint Frazier a lot, and I think he would fit with the Red Sox. It's just, unfortunately, he plays for the Yankees. Yeah. Well, cover what you wish for, because at the rate the Yankees get injured, you might be able to lace them up. So, when pigs fly, maybe the I pigs mean, are going to be flying. Listen, I would... I would be there. I think they would regret it, but I would be there. <laughs> so who was the last guy you had? Uh, so the last one I had sort of comes with a caveat. I don't know. I don't know if Michael Brantley is going to get a qualifying offer. He sort of seems like a fringe candidate to me. But if he doesn't, um, I would be all over the possibility of trading either Benintendi or Martinez and grabbing Brantley to fill that spot, whoever spot it is. I love Micah Brantley. I think he is just such a consistently solid hitter, and if you can get him without giving up a traffic, I don't really care that much about the money. I don't think it'll be a long-term deal, probably like a three-ish year deal. Um, I would absolutely love him in the Red Sox lineup. I completely agree with that. So knowing that while I was putting this together, I was going to have at least one outfielder on here. He was actually one that I really contemplated putting on this list as a guy that the Red Sox could go after. So I'm actually kind of glad that you had him on your list because I completely agree that that would be a pretty good fit. Um, however, they would work that out. Yeah, I just, again, I think I think it has to come with a trade of either Martinez or Benintendi because, again, I don't think Benintendi plays center field. But... I think it's a decent possibility that one of those two guys gets traded. And I mean, you mentioned Ozuna earlier. He's another guy. I think he would cost a little bit more. Um, Brantley's definitely not as good of a hitter, but he's he's really solidly consistent. Yeah. All righty. That wraps up our targets. You can uh, look forward to seeing how the offseason plays out and see that uh, all five of my guys came true. Um, yeah, except for that one. Well, I mean, you outlined the path to it, but yeah, yeah probably not. <laughs> we got a couple listener questions. Uh, first up is Zod, who says, uh, "Pretend the Red Sox decide to stay under the lowest tax threshold, leaving about twenty-nine million to spend. How would you divide that money between the various team needs, assuming for now that no money is magically freed up in trades?" So my mind went to. Uh, spending like $3 million on a utility player or someone to play second base that's better than the options they have, and then the other 26 on pitching. What are they doing in center field? Uh, they're going to wing it. <laughs> Maybe that's where I'll be playing. Grand um, season? Yeah, I think... I think I would go with center field before second base, to be honest. Um I would probably, oof, I would probably go like eighteen to starting pitching, and oh man, this is so hard. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't really know. I mean, if that's the case, I don't really care what they do because they're not going to be any good. 
I mean, obviously, I mean, this whole world doesn't really make any sense, though, because they could just make trades, so obviously we're not living in this vacuum. But if we are in this strange world where they're only using free agency and they are only um, spending that much money, they would just be bad. I mean, that's just, they, it doesn't matter what how they spent it, they would be bad. But they could be bad and fun. That's still an option. I don't know that like, they could be bad and fun for that much money. It depends on who they bring in. Yeah, I mean, I guess they could, but, um, like, spend, like, a million dollars on Brock Holt to play second base or something like that. I mean, sure, but... Um, See, that'd be fun. Yeah. But, again, they're gonna, I mean, I think they should be solid next year, and I, I expect them to go over that lowest threshold. I don't know by how much, but I think they would go over it. And also, they're going to make trades, too, so they will... They will be able to upgrade some spots without really having to increase their payroll by much, if at all. So you kind of hit on uh, something Jake and I talked about a lot on the last pod, kind of where we expect the Red Sox to be. So you said solid. What does solid mean? Because Jake and I both kind of agreed, like, plus or minus a couple games off of 500. Yeah. Um, so what I think they can be or what I think they will be? Both. I think they can be in a realistic world where they're not just signing every top free agent like I would like them to. I think they could be an 80 87 ish win team if they really went out and tried to be as good as possible for 2021. I think I think they could be a real wild card team. Um, I think they will be probably about 10 wins worse than that. Probably, I would probably have them, yeah, around 500, probably on the lower end, 78, 79. Same. That was where I had them, too. Great minds. Last question. Yeah, Jake was still the optimist and thought, like, 84, which I, I thought was see generous. It. I mean, I, I really have no idea what to expect this winter, if we're being honest. Yeah. Our last question was the Benintendi question from DJ Lack. Uh, if you're Haim, are you looking to add a corner outfielder and move Benintendi to center? Probably easier to find someone to plug into left than it would be to find a serviceable center fielder. I feel bad for anyone placing JBJ. Fans love him. Do fans love Jackie Bradley? I think some fans do. I've spoken with many fans that do not love Jackie Bradley Jr. Much to my dismay because I love Jackie Bradley Jr. But might take issue with that last part. But yeah, I want no part in, of Ben Attendee in center field. Um, I think he is a better left fielder than the metrics do. He grades out pretty poorly in left field, by some metrics at least. Um, but in center field, I just I don't think he has the range for it. I don't think he has the arm for it. Um, once upon a time, it looked like he was a center fielder, but it just hasn't worked out that way. Um, and yeah, it is easier to find a left fielder but that's because playing center field is hard, and he needn't look any further than Benintendi. I would, I would feel much more comfortable with Verdugo in center field than Benintendi. Uh, but then you would have to find a right fielder, which is just as hard as finding a center fielder when you're talking about Fenway. Yeah, I think all of that makes a lot of sense. I don't think Benintendi. I mean, although he did play it in college, playing the minors. center field in Fenway is just a it's a different animal. And I would feel better with Verdugo there, too. So they're probably looking for a corner. Uh, or, sorry, looking for a center fielder 
um, or looking to just move Benintendi entirely and just remove that question from the potential list. Yeah, there's just there's just not a lot of center fielders out there this year, which is makes it very tough. Yep, sure does. Well, that'll do it for Matt and I on this episode 184 of the Red Seat. Um, I didn't pull up the schedule, so the I will not be on the next one. I know that. I don't know if Matt, you're on the next one or not. Oh, I, I don't know that until like day of. Yeah, usually like the weekend before, like Saturday. I'll check it out. <laughs> okay. Well, um, you can find us uh, both on t- Twitter. You can follow um, at Over the Monster for all of your. Uh, awesome over the monster and red Sox related news and articles you can find me at the spoken keats um you can try and find jake if you want uh, he likes talking to people that's fun at def jake uh and shelly our fourth rotating host at shelly v underscore six four three so that's gonna do it thanks for listening and we'll be with you again next week <laughs>